Hey Auntie is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. We acknowledge that this is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. And we extend that respect to all Indigenous Australians and Indigenous mob all over the world. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. There you are. I've been expecting you. I've just popped the kettle on. Come on in. Hi, and welcome to Hey Auntie. I'm Chantelle Weatherall, and it's my absolute pleasure to have you join me. Hey sis, come on in, take a seat, and make yourself comfy. With Hey Auntie, we're going to remix the proud tradition of the Black Auntie, and we're going to use it to demonstrate that there's millions of ways to be a magical black woman. Sounds good? Hey Auntie! Hey Auntie! Hey Auntie! Hey Auntie! Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Hey Auntie. Hey Auntie, what makes you feel alive? I don't feel like I have enough opportunities to hear black women talking about the things that are their passions, the things that make them feel alive, things that they love that bring them joy. I am meeting with some awesome sisters for this episode to share passions, things that maybe might be a bit surprising at first, things that were surprising to them sometimes when they got into them, things that have tested their courage, um, helped them to learn about themselves and stretch, but also things that are just purely self-indulgences that bring them real pleasure and they do them for no other reason than that. Um, First episode coming up is a conversation with the amazing sister Layla Gurawiri. Layla is a proud Yolongu woman, originally from Elko Island in northeast Arnhem Land. She's hugely popular as a presenter on SBS and NITV's Margaret Footy Show. Um, she's also an actress, an ASRC ambassador, and a support worker for Indigenous students at the Pavilion School. Layla is also a huge music lover with a passion for reggae, but also for all music. She joins me this week to talk about that passion, where it's led her, and how it's helped her to grow. Um, I absolutely love this chat. Layla uh, draws a really beautiful line between um, her heritage as an Indigenous Australian and the song lines that uh, have been around for thousands of years with her people and uh, her passion for music and what music can do and where it can transport her and just the joyful experiences that she's had through uh, being brave and uh, testing her boundaries in pursuit of her joy. I absolutely love this conversation and I'm sure you will too. Check it out. Maybe let me know what you think afterwards. Cheers. Watching the women from when I grew up, the thing that I remember the most is those things that you were talking about. So the struggle, the struggle was always there and I remember them working really hard at times and having to represent and not only in that space of being a person of colour but also a woman of colour. Um, it's multi-layered. So multi-layered, yes, and um, multifaceted. So it was definitely something that, that I was privy to uh, in, in all sorts of different spaces, like not only 
up home in Arnhem Land with my immediate or blood family, but also with um, my adopted Cree family that I grew up here in Victoria in Bendigo with. It was the same thing in that space as well. But I think it's kind of a running theme for us generally, just thinking about it personally, that music has always been a big thing. Wonderful. In our space. And not just from a traditional cultural space because, you know, women hold significant storylines and, and, and music and, and money cake or songs, traditional songs in, in your mother, my, my, my language, my mother tongue. But um, it just allows you to to be someone else for a little moment while you're listening to that song or you're dancing to that song or you're at a festival and, you know, you're dancing with someone that you love and, and whatnot. So music has always been an, an integral part of, of of our space and of our meetings and, you know, our parties and our get-togethers and, and, and whatnot. And so much has changed in the space of our lifetimes mm. and I have those same memories of music being so precious and I love that you connected it with your traditional um, song lines and the music that the women hold and I love that idea of holding music and Mm. it being something that you personally can carry within you Mm. and as you said you can access it Mm. at any given moment yeah it's like liberation is in your pocket is in your head at Mm. any moment that you want it yeah exactly exactly and it's good because it doesn't matter what sort of mood you're in. You can always find a song that resonates with the way that you're feeling at that exact moment in time. A lot of the time, cultural things like music are the things that are accessible to us and can be comforts yeah. when the rest of the world might be a bit hard going. Yeah, and like it definitely is for me. Like if There's times when I'm just homesick. So I live so far away from my family. And I have for a really long time. Like I, I came down to Victoria when I was 18 months old. Yeah. And you know, I've lived away for a really, really long time. Um, you know, nearly 28, I think it was like, I figured it out, it was like 28 years and six months or something that I've lived away from, from family. You are um, like the definition of a hashtag independent woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hashtag independent. Hashtag. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> but so... I, I do get homesick at times and, and listening to, you know, people like Saltwater Band or Yothi Indy or um, Dr G, Yinapingu, they grounded me and connected me to my culture through music by just listening to them sing and sing Manike and sing about homelands and places that are familiar to me that other people wouldn't understand. Mm always made me feel connected even if I'm sitting in peak hour traffic in Melbourne going why am I doing this I don't understand why I'm doing this so it's good because it connects me on that deeper level and just even thinking about it like in relation to Dr G in a pingu the late Dr G in a pingu and his one of his songs called um Baru in New York so Baru's Crocodile and that song he remixed with Flume, who's a really famous Amazing. Um, artist. I've heard of him. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
like, I remember hearing that song, and it's still to this day one of my favourite songs. Um, not necessarily in my top two, which you know about my top two. I'm but, looking forward to yeah. telling everyone all about <laughs> this fantastic music that you love. <laughs> but um, like, I remember listening to it and thinking, wow, just listening to these two kind of musicians connecting together with music and this money gay that Dr G is singing is 60,000 years old and then Flume and all of his kind of awesome experimental music and how current it is and using technology technology. that's brand new exactly and how they just intertwine perfectly to create like this like next level experience because that's kind of what it is when you listen to it it's a it's like a third place that's created mm. right it's not your place mm. or your place it's mm. like an entirely separate place yeah where we can all interact and all of the struggles and the things that separate us are left behind mm. when we enter that realm that yeah. is created with beautiful art mm. that is so awesome mm. oh i'm gonna have to find that song yes Wow. You definitely have to listen to it. And then after you listen, you're like, oh, well, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I'll be blowing up the text. (laughs) Don't you worry. I I love that through line, though, of music being so integral to your culture, you moving away to go to school and expand out Mm -hmm. into the world, but music being this portal that kept you connected and now music being this amazing way to explore Mm. and keep connection while exploring and reaching out further what is the music that you remember being on around the house of the houses and the places that you were growing up there was a lot of um colored music i guess so there was lots of um music like reggae music reggae is like really big in my family um yeah it's just something that's been there forever um, yeah, so like all of my family are into reggae and we also grew up listening to Motown, oh, like a lot of um, Motown music as well and then, you know, into like the 90s and stuff, like the R&B, hip-hop, you know, like your TLCs and your salt and peppers. And- I feel like the music you like in high school just defines you, defines mm. your fashion sense, the mm. people you hang out with. Tell me about Layla at the age of 15 and her high school music tribe that she was in. So I was, yeah, I was just a part of that whole R&B hip-hop space and experience. But the thing is, it was kind of a continuation of 90s music for me because I grew up with a few like, relatives both blood relatives and also relatives through respect and connection that were a little bit older than me. So they were listening to, like, your LL Cool J's and your NWA's. You need those older relatives, the uncles and the aunties, Mm. to put you on. My auntie Denise did that for me. And Mm. I owe her anything cool about me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And the Fuji's. Oh, yeah. And, um... But, like, I loved, I loved Destiny's Child. Mate. Hashtag, (laughs) hashtag independent woman. Like, I was just, like, calling that out all the time when I was in high school. And that song was, It was perfect timing. It was perfect timing because, you know, you're a teenage girl. Mm. You're, like... And Bootylicious, when that came out, I was like, yeah, that's right. They're speaking to me. 
They're speaking to me. They're telling me to love my body. And I'm bootylicious. Even though I probably didn't have, like, I was skinny. I was skinny and probably didn't have anything on me at the time. But we'd seen, we'd seen our aunties and our yes. mums and we knew it was coming. Yes, that's and we, right. until then, we feared it. Yes, exactly. And then exactly. we were like, bring it on. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I know for me, as a young black girl in high school in the UK, in... Mm. You know, it's completely middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that feeling too. <laughs> right? They were not just producing amazing tunes, which, you know, their artistry was amazing, but it was also, like, I felt all of a sudden, like, I was in the mainstream, mm. and I also felt like they were connecting me to this cool global diaspora. It was the first time I felt part of the diaspora, mm. part of global blackness because mm. I surely claim that yeah. I, was, I was like yeah that, that's, that's me, me. Yeah, that's me I'll claim all that but yeah so it meant more to us because it was it was kind of the first time we were seeing ourselves being celebrated yeah. as well a lot of us mm. I think in my high school like when ev- all the girls everyone loved Destiny's Child everyone loved TLC everyone loved all these bands I was like Okay, cool. Mm. It's cool to be black. Yeah, that's right. And that was the biggest thing, like, that, you know, people were wanting to emulate that whole black space and be that and sing like that, you know, and it's it just influenced culture, just generally speaking, yeah. And it has never, Fashion. ever changed yeah, since then. exactly. It, well, it's the continuation of, of yeah. us always influencing culture, but I mm. think the difference now is that... Nobody can deny it. Yeah, exactly. So as you have gotten older, you've kept hold of this huge passion for music. Um, And when we met, I heard you speak about your absolute love of reggae music. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this love and how it's grown as you've gotten older and the artists that are really special to you. So, yeah, again, reggae music is something that's been a part of my life since I was a kid. When I used to go and visit family, some sort of reggae song was always being played um, on cassettes or on CDs or on boomboxes because like, everyone would just walk around with boomboxes, I remember, back in the day. And um, So this and is back I, home when you would yeah, go home back, for vacation? Yeah, back home in community. Oh, so it's going to be hot? Yes. Hot weather? Mm-hmm. fam reggae yeah. Yeah. what is not to like about that right that's <laughs> exactly. like that is some good vibes imprinted when you're coming back down to cold victoria yeah, exactly exactly and i think like the biggest kind of influences where people like um like jimmy cliff um like your bob marley's um all of, like basically everyone in the marley family was basically the entire marley fan family to yeah. us in general yeah um and then like your maxi priest and your shaggy and like oh yes like maxi priest of, yes yeah. getting a, like a little bit more kind of almost adding a bit of r&b yeah. into the reggae vibe yeah. and ub40 everyone loved ub40 ub40 yeah they mm. were absolutely massive when I was growing up and I have to admit that I think that because I'm a little bit older than you (laughs) when you before you were big I was in primary school still Mm. and I was living in this tiny little village Mm. and I think that I was still very self-conscious about my difference and I think I remember being like 
don't be too enthusiastic about this UB40 music. So just like move a tad yeah. too much. I'd be like trying not to vibe too hard so I didn't Whereas stand I'd be out. Down, like, Fully, yeah. Just getting your dirty wine on. <laughs> Amazing. Those are all such classic artists. And I can just yeah. imagine the library of beautiful, warm memories that you have associated yeah. with them. And even like even more so now because I've just recently gone to Jamaica the first time ever. And I was just like, you know what, you know, because I'm a very, like, responsible person. Well, I'd like to think that I'm a responsible person. You are a hashtag independent woman. That's right, exactly. So um, I just thought to myself, you know what, I've done, like, all these amazing things. I've worked on my group for, you know, 11 years and I've done this stuff and I work in this school and I do these things for all these people. You know what, I deserve a holiday. Pause for emphasis because investing in yourself Mm is a really important thing to do. Mm. I was going to if you, I was going to specifically ask you to expand on that mm. because you have loved reggae your whole life. Mm. It's almost like it's the mecca. Yeah. So, why do you think it took you so long to decide to treat yourself and go? I think um a few things um just work and being, you know, and thing about being a woman and a woman of color is you you always feel obliged to be some, like be doing something to show your value. Yes, by being busy as all the time. Yes, and like I've had people say to me all the time, all the time, they're like, "Oh, it's really hard to like even keep up with you like on social media because you're in this place one day and then you're over in this place." <laughs> I don't even know how. Do you even know how you do what you do? And um, so for me, just that and. Um, being expected to be that all the time and you internalize that yes yes and then it becomes what's normal to you exactly being almost flat out Mm. at maximum plus 20 percent capacity yes becomes what we think is normal exactly so then when i get to a point where i need to just stop and relax it's really hard for me to do that i feel like if i have a week off from work or from anything even when i've had like like medical issues in the past and all that sort of stuff and they said you need to rest you need to rest for this this certain amount of days my brain starts going this isn't right you're supposed to be moving and doing stuff and it feels like, like it's completely foreign and I to feel you like i'm just crawling out the walls because i need to be doing something there know? is an anxiety that steps in and mm. i can i can so relate mm. because i think that in order to earn our place in the world, we are constantly proving mm. our value. And having to work that much harder than everyone else to, to get that space and be relevant all the time. And to feel entitled to it. Mm. It changes the way that we even think of ourselves. We think of ourselves as entitled to be here mm. and to ask for what we need in the world only when we are doing so much work and labor Mm -hmm. and so rest is like a foreign concept to us and when we're resting we all of the reasons why we think we have value or the things that help us to sort of quell the anxieties and the feelings of being an imposter or are all gone Mm -hmm. and so rest can almost be an area where we feel even more insecure yeah exactly exactly so you know and then on top of that like you know being in a relationship as well and just that whole idea of having to 
nurture and support other people in the process of trying to find yourself in your identity and keep busy and, and on top of that as well. There was just so much that was going on. Where is there room for your joy? Exactly, exactly. So then I was just like, screw it, I'm going to Jamaica. And people were just like, why are you going to Jamaica? That's such a random place to go. I'm hello, it is a paradise. <laughs> And Why I would I like, not be in Jamaica, sir? I was just like, um, okay, so there's reggae, there's other, it's a whole country full of people of colour, um, it's in the middle of the Caribbean, <laughs> uh, it has beaches, fresh food, seafood, coconuts, people with dreadlocks, Rastafarians, nice. Like, steel what, drums. Steel drums. Uh, Jerk chicken. Oh, jerk chicken. Uh, yes. Drinks with coconut cream in them. Yes. Come on. There's just so much, <laughs> so much. So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to Jamaica. But people were just like, oh, I don't even understand it. But Did you go well, alone? I did. That is so brave. Mm. I started travelling alone recently, mm. but it was scary. Mm. Yeah, it, like the first time I went overseas, I went to Bali, and that was beautiful and amazing because, again, the country, people of colour, um, we actually have um, connections to the Indonesians through Mayoral um, culture. So we traded with the Macassans from Macassar, yeah. um, BC, before Cook and before wow. colonisation. We traded with them for thousands of years prior to colonisation happening here in this country. So going over there was amazing because I was able to see another culture and experience that and I loved waking up extra early in the morning and I'd say to the people that were out the front praying and giving their offerings, I'd be like, oh, is it okay if I sit and watch you while you're doing it? And they're like, oh, yes, of course. And then they'd always end up giving me like a little, like a lolly that they had in their offering and they'd be like, oh, here's a little tamarind lolly. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. They're like, no, please take them. So that was beautiful, just being in that space. What a beautiful experience. Yeah. But I was actually there with my ex and his family because that was their kind of default family holiday Mm -hmm. destination, Mm -hmm. which was amazing and fantastic. But the thing about going to Jamaica was it was just purely about me. Love that. You know, so I just was like, you know what? I'm not worrying about any of my friends. Yeah. And not going to convince anyone to come with me. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go. And that is enough. Exactly. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to book myself, book my flights, do all this sort of stuff. Gone on a plane, went over there. And Were you scared at any point? Um, only when I was in like airports that I hadn't been in before. Packers. Huge. And yeah. Buses and people everywhere and security and people not smiling because they've got to all be really serious. Very important. Very important, very serious people. <laughs> and and you're like, I'm going to Jamaica, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. And then they're like, you gotta take your shoes off so now I'm there dancing my shoes. <laughs> I'm going to Jamaica. You're like, I'm dancing <laughs> from when I left the house to like get back in my door. <laughs> Pretty much. On my flight from LA to Atlanta I actually watched this documentary documenting the last 18 months of Martin Luther King's life wow through like all of his relatives and people that were around him at the time and I just again felt really serendipitous I don't believe in coincidences because I was flying into Atlanta yes oh wow then I stayed in Atlanta that night I think when you make space Mm. for your joy right Mm. 
you actually make space for the magic of serendipity in your life and for the universe to show you that it I'm not going to go all weird but but, (laughs) you know for beautiful magical things to happen because our day-to-day lives are Mm. so full of us using the force of our will Mm. to make things happen for ourselves which Mm. I love about us Mm. but the fact that you chose your joy meant you know you're able to have this beautiful inspiring moment yeah so I was like this is so amazing and then I ended up staying in Atlanta that night so then I was just googling all this stuff about Martin Luther King and where he was you know where he kind of hung out in Atlanta and I knew exactly where the church was where him and his father Martin Luther King senior um did sermons and all that sort of stuff and I thought to myself in that moment I've got to come back here but come back to Atlanta, Absolutely. learn more about this history, be in this space, find out more, go you, to that church. You got the chills. Yes. And you also felt the freedom and you started to reap the benefits of yeah. having let your burdens go yeah, and exactly. actually realise that you can be a whole wonderful you know, valuable, exciting person without all of your day-to-day jobs. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And then, And then the next day I flew from Atlanta to Montego Bay. And that was just amazing. And I got off the plane and I was like, this is so cool. And everyone was just an awesome shade of brown, which was oh. amazing. And it was nice and hot and sunny. And it was just so good to be in that space. And I was with the tour group. And there was only three other people in the tour group. Wonderful. So I have really huge anxieties. I kind of describe myself as an extroverted introvert. I hear you. Uh, uh, tell uh, tell me what that looks like for you. So for like, so I'm I'm an introvert at heart. So I like being in my own space. It's um, where you're comfy. Yeah, I like I'm, I like being. I love reading. Like I love being quiet and just reading books or watching a movie. Like I love movies. Mm. That's that's another place where I find my joy. Right. Is watching movies. And just being with people that really, really, truly know who I am as a, as an essence. People you feel safe with. People that I feel safe and with. And known by. Yeah, and people that have no judgment of me in any way, shape or form. That is a real introvert uh, character set. Yeah. Uh, you are energised by being by yourself and being by your very close with your close network. Yeah, exactly. But of course, I work in media. Yeah, your your persona, you're so you're so open and vivacious and com- such a great communicator. Mm. That is so interesting. Yes. So so basically, my, yeah, so I, I describe myself as an extroverted introvert. I'm extroverted when I need to be. I hear you. But it also takes energy a lot of energy out of me Mm. when that happens so if I have to be extroverted for a a long period of time then I kind of tend to become a hermit for a little while yeah it's draining and then just kind of like just shut myself off for a little bit and like maybe just say no to a few events or recharge the battery and just sit at home with my cat and dog and just hang out and read a good book and you know, just enjoy being in that space for a little while, talk to people that I love and know. That is such yeah. a surprise. <laughs> but do you know what? I'm the same. Yeah. Um, so I'm now imagining you're in Jamaica <laughs> at the Mecca of Reggae mm. by yourself with strangers. Yeah. 
how tell me about this experience so it was like it was kind of interesting so I was one of four people that were in the tour group there was a lovely couple that had come over from New Zealand and this was actually their honeymoon Oh. So it was like just, it gave it like another feel again. And it was even was, another layer of specialness. Yeah, because we were there and we were together and they're on their honeymoon. And they're like me, they love reggae. And then we could talk about that space together. And then there was another lovely young um, lady that came from Scotland and she was with us. And I think she was, she, she wasn't necessarily into reggae like she was in Jamaica and she was like this is a great thing to do while I'm in Jamaica yeah so she was I think she was just exploring being in a different country and what that looked like so that was really cool anyway Mm. and it was just so good because there was only the four of us I felt like I got to know them quite well and if they're because usually those tour groups can be up to 12 people yeah I feel like 12 people would have probably given me, like, a really huge anxiety attack. Yeah, it would take a lot more to feel comfy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then Brooksy... But you know what? You would have managed it if that was the situation you were in. You would have been talking to me about how having that many people had made it better for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, you find what's good about the situation that you were in. Exactly. And having that, your passion for reggae music Mm. is, like... Again, it's like that that flume flume collaboration. Mm. It's a third space that you guys can yeah. share with each other. Exactly. Like I love reggae, but like I also love Sean Paul. Yeah. Like, yeah, dance hall. Yeah, Sean Paul I, and Sean Kingston. I love it. Vibes Cartel. Totally. And, you know, and all those people as well. Like I love just dance Jamaican hall. musical culture. Yeah, yeah. Is so vibrant. Yeah. And so proud yeah and so much so full of um like a comfort in self self-acceptance i think yeah. as well exactly. it's so attractive about it yeah. i can totally understand your love for it yeah and just yeah so just being in that space and then brooksy being able to tell the stories about like all these like different um artists and going oh that's where they're from from that particular part of Jamaica or that particular part of Kingston or that particular part of Montego Bay and I'm just like oh my god I feel like I need to just touch something (laughs) while I'm here (laughs) yeah I'm just gonna put my face against this wall excuse me (laughs) just Just for uh, a few just picking up some of the energetic fields (laughs) in this room and um and and that kind of that that kind of energy kind of lifted and, and went to another level when I got to go to Nine Mile, which is obviously the resting place and the, the birthplace and resting place of, of Bob Marley. Yeah, wow. You know, and being able to go into his nanny's house and then up to Mount Zion and see the little house that he grew up in with his mum, Sabella, and then being able to visit his mausoleum as well as Mama Sabella's mausoleum. Mm. Oh, I, I couldn't even, like, communicate properly. After I left that space, it was like I had no words. Because Bob Marley and the Marley family have been with you through your whole life. Mm. You know, they've been in those early memories with your family at home, mm. in the early memories with your um, your Koori family mm. in Victoria. Mm. They've been with you as you've travelled through the world. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is a sort of sense of, 
yeah, like a fam, like he's like a, a beloved uncle, yeah. and they're cousins about yeah. that. Yeah. And so being able to feel that closeness and mm. you know, investing in yourself and giving yourself that experience sounds so beautiful. Yeah, and it was just so good to be in that space. And you're actually not allowed to take photos. You have to take your shoes off. I love that they do that. Yeah, so you can take the photos of the outside, but you can't actually take any photos inside. And the wonderful thing about it is you can actually walk the whole way around um, where he's laying. And I did that. I I went around and I touched the whole way around and then I came back to where his head was. And I remember just saying mentally in my own mind, like thanking him for giving us his music and letting us be a part of, you know, his his music and his energy and, you know, all of that, yeah. and his message. And then I did the exact same thing when I went into Sedella's mausoleum and I, you know, put my hand around while I was walking around and then got to where her, her head would be and, and I eventually said to her, like, thank you so much for sharing your son with us. Yeah. You know, and I thought, you know, just, yeah, it was just... What a beautiful moment. Yeah, and, like, the whole, like, I remember the whole trip back, I think it was maybe a three-hour car ride back or something. I think I said, like, ten words because I was still processing just being Yeah, letting space. the experience marinate for yeah, you. Yeah, and, like, seeing and being in that space and knowing that I was so close. Do you think that that experience has changed you? Like, oh, yeah. you've come back a changed person. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon it definitely has. And just being in that space and seeing the mindset of Jamaican people. And I remember Brooksy would say to us all the time, "You'd be like, no worries, Mark. There's no such thing as there's no such things as big problems. Only minor situations." <laughs> That's what I love that attitude. Yeah. Because it's it's an incredibly unique take on resilience. Yes. Right? Exactly. And I was just like, man, I need to be more like that. I just need to like, think about things in a different way. A reframing exercise. And, reframing. and just even in relation to like, listening to music now and listening to Bob Marley and listening to like all these different dance hall artists, I have context now with the space that they were talking or, you know, writing their music about. Context is everything. Mm. And, like, I know like I know those steps that he's talking about in Three Little Birds because I've seen it. I know that single bird that he's talking about. Just such a deeper, deeper understanding oh, and yeah. a deeper feeling of connectedness, I bet. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I love that because I think that there is... There's a difference between a pastime mm-hmm. and something that you do, like... I would consider my inane obsession with scrolling through Instagram a pastime in the purest sense of the word. Mm. Just killing time. Yeah. And a passion, right? Mm. I feel like a passion is something that grows with you through Mm. your life. Mm. And it's almost something that you invest in Mm. spiritually, Mm. probably financially. Mm. But also you invest something of yourself in you invest time to learn about it and as you invest more you get more mm, yeah definitely and it makes you better it makes you grow mm. and i remember someone asking me a little bit later about because obviously this has been my first 
real solid trip by myself. And I remember flying like back. I was just like the whole time on the plane when I was like not in the middle of delirium for trying to figure out what hour of the 60 is hours. Is it bedtime? Is it breakfast time? What, to Melbourne. Exactly, exactly. In between those moments, I'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I flew across the world. I tell you what, I can so relate to that (laughs) feeling because I can't remember when it was that I started travelling alone, but I know that it happened when I had separated from a long-term partner Mm. and there were so many... Travel is a great passion of mine, but there were so many places that I had on a list of me and my partner will go here or me and my friend will go here Mm -hmm. and I was waiting for an opportune moment to go with those people Mm -hmm. and then I was just like I really wanted to go and see my family back home but also to go I went to Costa Rica yes and I went by myself and I was people like you're so brave you're not scared I was like I'm terrified (laughs) but I'm doing it anyway yes that's right and then we all lived in our comfort zones and didn't want to do things that scared us where would we be? What would we, what would we be doing? For real, I learned on that trip that the people who are living the life that you want are not people who are not afraid. They are people who are afraid but did it anyway. Exactly. And then that feeling that you had on the plane on the way back, it's like, number one, that was so amazing. Mm. But also, I am now a person who can do this. Yes. Mm-hmm. You never go back. Exactly. Exactly. So now I'm like, right, now where am I going to go next? That was the, you know, that was the kind Nothing of... Nothing stopping thing. me. Exactly. And people, my people said to me, they're like, you know, that whole question about why Jamaica, and then they're like, where else would you travel? Like, that's, like, you know, that's a big thing for you. Like, where would you travel? And, like, for me, music history is a really big thing. Yeah, I love music history. And music history kind of sits really closely to all of the other history that's going on in a particular Isn't that place interesting? or space. Yeah, because the music, the social struggle, struggle for liberation, mm. rebellion against oppression is always so intertwined with music that if you go to where the incredible music is, you will go to where the incredible people are and where the incredible stories are. Yeah, exactly. So like I said to people, like I've told a few people that the places that I want to go are places where there's really strong kind of history in music and just history like in general. Like, like you know, I'm quite blessed that, you know, I, I'm, I still live in Australia and that I'm a First Nations person, but being able to have cultural experiences with other First Nations people you know, hearing their language, hearing their music is another thing that's really kind of that I'm passionate about and that I want to do more of. And I can only really do that if I travel more, which I'm so cool with. I love that. <laughs> hearing, I love that you mentioned travelling around Australia as a First Nations person and also feeling that it's a great privilege and joy to experience other people's music because, I, you know, Indigenous Australian people are anything but a homogenous culture. Yeah, that's Incredibly right. diverse cultures. Yeah. And that's why people argue that we were already multicultural. I love that. Before colonisation. Yeah. Because we, had, we were. We had different cultures, different languages, different kinship systems, different, you know, dreaming stories, different dance, different 
know, and um, different music, different music. Even now, like you know, if you go up up north to the top end, a lot of our music, like you know, like with the Saltwater Band and East Journey and you know, Soft Sand Band and a few other kind of top end bands, you can really hear that reggae kind of influence. <gasps> Love. And, you know, you go down into, like, Central Australia, for example, and you can definitely hear, like, the rock influence yeah, in that space right. and how it changes in, in different, like, areas. So, you know, and it's those, those little things that, you know, um, make it, you know, just special, special and, and rich. An incredible experience that takes you out of yourself. Yeah, exactly. And into another world mm. and refreshes you and expands you. Yeah, exactly. I love and feel such a privilege to hear people singing in language. Mm. And I love how much more um, platforms there are for that. Yeah. I heard, I saw Baker Boy perform a couple of weeks ago. Nephew. For real, for real? For reals, for reals. Your nephew is dope. <laughs> Everybody from little children who were there with their mamas and papas yeah. to, like, elder people who have been sitting in chairs who were like, get on out of my chair for this one, yeah, would get one. down and jamming and his uh, music and stage presence yeah. and just pride in mm. himself mm. was infectious and yeah. beautiful and awesome. And, like, and he's like the perfect example in music of that language that he uses and that language is 60,000 years old. And he's combining it with these sick beats yeah, and everyone's bopping. Contemporary dance, you know, and, like, he's the perfect example of that. And, um, yeah, everyone, like, everyone loves Baker Boy. And when I tell them, like, oh, you know, he's my fan, and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, everyone just spins out. They're like, oh, my God, you know Baker Boy. And I'm like... Yeah, he's my nephew. He's my brother's kid. <laughs> Amazing. Vibrant living culture. Yeah, exactly. And a privilege to hear somebody share their culture with you in that yeah. way. And, like, I think it's so cool how, like, there's kids that are just running around, like, singing Cloud Nine and talking about the power of my blackness, you know. And I, I think it's really that. cool how, like, there's kids that are running around, you know, singing Mariuna, you know, and that's a, that's a your word. You know, and I learning like your matha in that space and learning the lyrics to those songs and not necessarily knowing what the words mean but just loving the song enough to want to know the songs off by heart. And to be drawn out of themselves enough by the joy of the experience mm. to let go of the fear of I don't know and yeah. what I'm not going to engage with this because I don't feel like I know and I can be in control of this. Yeah, to exactly. just go with it. Yeah, and I think that's an integral part of what music is. Absolutely. To be able to just let go and be in that space with that music, whether, you know, it's dancehall or reggae or, you know, people that are into country or, you know, all sorts. So you're really into music. Mm. Does that mean that you're really into dancing? Oh, uh, yeah. I love dancing. Um, I kind of dance for my own pleasure. I'm not, like a, trained, I'm not like a trained dancer <laughs> or anything like I that. Hear but, um, but I love dancing and, like, and I remember one night actually, um, a few years ago, I was out. It was um, it was Indigenous Round, and we just finished our Indigenous Round show for Mangrove. So a whole bunch of us ended up in Brunswick, 
we ended up in like this really small kind of corner um, bar and we walked in there and it was a salsa night. So there were like all these awesome like Latina people that were in there that were like dancing and being all oh. like awesome and you know sensual in their dance all that sort of and stuff. And this sort of like community, this yeah. like they're like uh, immediate communities that yeah, pop up. Exactly. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. This is really cool. And I was stoked about that night. So I was just you know drinking water and drinking coke and, drinking and you lemonade. were still getting involved. And I was just, and I remember I was there and like I really wanted to dance. Like this was when like a few years ago when I was a little bit younger and a little bit more not sure of myself. It, num- number one. Mm. It can be intimidating mm. when you're in a place like that mm. with people. Like, I love being around people who love to dance and especially people like, you know, at a salsa night or something who mm. have got mad skills that mm. you can enjoy. But it can be intimidating to enter the dance floor with them. Exactly. And then let's be very real. As a woman of colour, I feel like people just imagine we came out the, the womb the knowing how to dance. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I love to dance, but yeah. don't mean I can. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I remember I was just sitting there and like, I just like, like bopped my head to like whenever the song was coming on and just like mentally taking notes or actually writing down like random lyrics that I heard the songs because I'm like, so I'm you can be Google Googling this later so I can <laughs> buy it on iTunes. And um, and then um, Kevin Little's Turn Me On came up. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I love that song. Man, that song. And like, I just It's like, not possible to stay in your seat. And I was like doing a little bit of like, Seat dancing, like seat chimney, and and this random guy just came up to me. I love that. And he was just like, "I don't know you, but I know that you want to dance. Please get up and dance with me." If there are any men listening, <laughs> or any women, or anybody, children or dogs, cats even, that is a great line. Use that line. And if the person says no, go away. <laughs> Because consent is important. Right? Yes. But that sounds incredible. Yeah. So he was like, I know you want to dance. Please dance with me. And like I said, no, the first time. And they say that usually you can ask a question three times. I love Or ask that. someone like how they are three times. They're yes. generally going to give you their genuine answer. Ooh. So he asked me the second time. And I was like, oh, no, I really can't. And then he so said, he's like, are you sure? Yes. And then the third time he was like, come on, what have you got to lose? So then, again, fearful, fear, lots the of fear. fear. The fear but moment. But then the but, you know. This is the fear. moment of choice. Yes. Between your fear and your joy. Exactly. And then I was just like, I can feel it, I can feel it. And You're all like, of a sudden I can feel my body getting up, getting up, getting up. And then all of a sudden I was dancing salsa with this guy. Oh, in the middle of <laughs> this is like this is a scene from the like black girl rom com sitcom that I wish Still got a group. For, for no. real. <laughs> Thanks again to my amazing guests, and thank you for listening. So you've heard what the aunties have to say. What do you think? Hey auntiepod at gmail.com, Facebook or Instagram. That's Auntie A-U-N-T-Y. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us in a week for the next show.